So this meeting Zoom thing, is this going to go away? Where, what do you see? I'm seeing this meeting is being recorded. Oh, just hit, if you hit okay, it goes away. Okay. Just acknowledge it's being recorded. That's it. Yeah, I've never really done that. It gives, it gives you opportunity to tap out. He's been recorded. Oh, shit. I got warrants, nigga. Now, boop. I'm gonna see this shit. <laughs> oh, this shit. Oh, shit. Nah, nigga. Y'all recording? I gotta go. <laughs> one of the worst, and I can say this before we do the show because she fucking watches now. One of the worst things I did was bring it on board. Now she fucking watches, and, and I can't say shit. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna play with that they one. That's funny. Punished. That's funny uh, in itself. That shit is hilarious. I'm already being punished, bro. All right, we gonna just make it part of the show. Hey, let's go. I think um, you need to say clearly what happened. Who gives a fuck? I can't be personally hit Candace Owens and her stanky cray cray. No good thing starts with I was thinking about my ex. He ain't learned his lesson. That's a brother ain't gonna learn shit. I know this is gonna be a lot of okay. Let's keep this shit funky. <laughs> <laughs> What's popping? What's unpopping? What's crackulating? Welcome to another episode of Unpopping Show, a home of unpopular opinions. I am T Storm, and joined by my brother, as always, DJ Mike Swift. What's popping, bro? What's going on, man? All good, all good. And we have a very special, special guest in the building today. Mike, would you do the honors, please? Because this is this is you know this this was your um, real in moment. You you know. <laughs> this you know so i tell all these stories you know on the show that start with so i was sitting at the bar uh <laughs> right <laughs> and this this story actually starts with i was sitting at the bar and in fact i think i told the story on the show before mm-hmm. i'm sitting at the bar i'm i'm there one night this was what 2020 yeah. dave it was like early 2020 yeah. i think before yeah. covid before it's you know right before it yeah so uh, i'm i'm chilling and i hear these two gentlemen talking, one's, you know, a younger cat, one's an OG from just from the conversation. I'm like, oh, this cat's an OG in the game. And they said something and it pulled me into the conversation. Now, all three of us are talking music and production and all of this stuff. And I, I look at my man and I say, uh, you know, we didn't we didn't do the introduction or whatever. He says, I'm Dave West. And I was like, I know that name. <laughs> and the conversation goes a little bit further. And then you mentioned De La Soul. And I was like, oh, shit. That's Dave West. We chopped it up about music. Fast forward to what a couple of nights ago. I'm sitting at the bar, walks in, and I'm like, Dave. And then we get to chopping it up again. And I was like, yo, man, you gotta come be on the show. And he is here. Mr. Super Dave West is in the booth. What's up? What up? What up? What up? Thanks for having me, fellas. Thanks for joining us, brother. So for everybody who might not know the face, I'll tell you, you know the sound, you know the music. Uh, Most Def, Ghostface Killer, Talib, E-40, Fife, Slum Village, Jay Dilla, Eric Roberson, Jim Jones, uh, Michelle Indigale Cello, and the legendary De La Soul. Like that's just part of the list of the people you've, you've worked with and done music for. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a loose that's a few things. That's a, little, <laughs> that's a few things. Nah, that's monumental. Nigga. 
Damn no clubs, <laughs> goddammit. Thank you, bro. <laughs> I caught I caught a joint I didn't know you did. Uh, was it Ice Water or on uh, Rayquan? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Ray- Rayquan and Remy Ma. That's right before she went up. That was supposed to be a single and a whole deal. Oh wow! And she and that's when that thing happened, and she had to go sit down, you know, do that bid. Yes, she she seemingly have has grown up a lot since then. Oh yes, there's <laughs> a, a different Remy Ma out here right now. Oh yeah, like Mother Teresa. Or something, like. <laughs> yes. Go now and sit no more. Right. I just cut you. Go on anyway. Right. Right, right, right. I remember when I remember when that ordeal happened. Um, for those who may not be privy, allegedly Remy shot someone for stealing something. Allegedly, um, I remember I was work- I was at Hot ninety seven at the time, right before she went in, and she would come on the morning show. I was I was working with the morning show, Miss Jones. Shout out to Miss Jones, and no. she'd go on the air, and it 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 was very unapologetic. <laughs> like I'm okay, like everybody is wondering why I'm not on the floor crying my eyes out because I know that I'm a good person. I know God knows I got a good heart. Right. And my intentions wasn't to come out and go shoot somebody or anything. Like, never. And I never unintentionally shot nobody me. Like, and I never unintentionally shot nobody me. Like, and I never unintentionally shot nobody me. Like, like she, she got shot twice. She was not shot twice. She has a graze wound on her thigh, the top of her thigh, that entered into her stomach. Now, just picture if you're in a passenger seat and someone's in a driver's seat and they end up with a graze wound, a vertical graze wound on their thigh that ends up in their stomach. Does, like, does that sound like somebody who got in your car and tried to shoot you? A graze wound means the bullet had to touch the top of that part of your skin. Whatever. She ain't, never, she ain't say, yeah, I shot the bitch, but it felt like it had that energy like she had it coming. I was oh, like, ooh. Man. <laughs> but yeah, shout out. If somebody takes your shit, hey, listen. I think they kind of asking for a bullet in the ass. I'm just saying. Yeah, and she and she didn't kill her. It was it, it wasn't allegedly. It's like a graze. It was a flesh wound. Flesh wound. <laughs> she walked away. She was able to walk away from it, hollering. Oh, but she shot me. If you could walk away, you won. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that purse was worth it. Was the purse worth a bullet in the ass? Yes, it was. Okay, so she got what she. Okay, I'm 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 tripping. <laughs> so look, obviously, I want to I want to talk about the music. Um, I want to get into you know some stories of you know studio stories and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But and I think we talked about this a little bit at the bar. One of the reasons that you know I like to have people on is to kind of talk about their journey, talk about their story. <laughs> a lot of young cats see the end result, right? Like they see the money, but they don't see the sacrifice, the struggle, the hard work, the discipline to get there. And especially for people who who start, you know, a little bit behind the starting line, like they got to work a little bit harder. So, you know, I, I feel like people's stories is kind of a roadmap where people can take different parts of, of, of that success story away, add it to their lives and get a step further. So I want to start like, how did you get into music 
how did all this start for you? Um, I got it. Man, I never talked about this, this in this way, but I, um, I was pretty, tru- I was pretty troubled emotionally as a, as a, as a child going into, um, young adulthood. So very frustrated. I was adopted. So I was very disconnected identity wise, as far as my family and that's concerned and a lot of, um, trying to figure out who I was <clears throat> and, um, it kind of started in the music room, um, in high school and, uh, and, and the teacher, I forget his, his name. He, he used to actually gig with miles and all that. He's legendary wow. out of Queens, New York. But yeah, he used to just let me come in, like, come on in. He saw it on my, he saw it in my spirit. Like, yo, come on in. Let me, let me take you out of the, the storm for a minute. Just come in here and just, and I started beating the drums out of frustration, like literally. And it started becoming music. I started playing drums. And like a year later, I got so good that I was, about a year after that, I was on tour. So I started off as a, as a tour. And, um, that fused into the whole church scene. I played in, you know, drums in church or whatever. Started off as a tour drummer between 90, probably 93, all the way up to um, 2004-ish, 2005-ish. I was touring. Wow. In the middle of that, I was doing music, too. That's and um, I uh, started... There and somewhere around ninety five ish, I got um, I got a, a, a EPS. <laughs> I got an Sonic EPS. Oh, I remember those. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the, was it EPS. the sixteen plus or the original EPS? Nah, it was the original one. It was the original one with the crunchy bit rate that sounded beautiful, and um. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it it turned it eventually turned into the ASR ten, mm-hmm. right? But that was short lived because then that two thousand came out, and that sample time and all of that, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. all of that freedom, that was the machine. Um, somewhere in there, around, I guess ninety ninety six ninety seven. I had a record deal. I got good at that. <laughs> I got good at that. And I was, um, I formed a group with my, now my ex-wife, my daughter's mom and her brother, uh, called hot sauce. And, um, we're from Queens. So, you know, we, we, we was cool with, um, especially their people. They was cool with Fife and whatever. They all went to church with each other. So we ended up landing a deal with museum music with Q-tip through, um, through Electra records. So in '97, I had a whole record deal, That's dope. Wow. and um, and then that, and then that turned into something happened. And we ain't got, I mean, but it was a it was sweet moments in that. Like I was in the B room, an electric lady, while D'Angelo was in the A room recording Voodoo. Like that's that's how that went. Wow, you know what I mean? So, um, you know that deal didn't go correctly, and then somewhere in there. Um, Fife had some music for me and God bless the dead Fudge was Dave's first cousin that died 
was Fife's manager at the time. So Dave is at, at Fudge's house. He's at he's with Fudge at Fife's house and listening to my beats. And then I get a call in my basement apartment in Queens. And he's like, yo, these three right here, what's good with this? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And um, that turned into Copacabana and like, you can do life and something else, you know? Oh, man, that's dope. That's dope. Rest in peace to and Fudge. So Rest in peace to Fudge and Fife, man. Uh, Fudge was cool. Yeah. cool. I met him in while he was in Atlanta, man. He, him and Fife was moving around and always a very cool dude, man. Every Anytime I seen him out, you know what I mean? Just welcoming you know what i'm saying yeah yeah he's that he was that dude so to answer your question in a nutshell i just went from kind of being troubled and you know god gave me music and um it started off as a drum thing and then that that opened up my musicality really big like in the middle of that whole drum thing i was like you know md and stuff and putting together bands so it just taught me a lot about music construction so going into production it was nothing like it was just all it was all there, you know. So I want I want to go back a, a little bit because I I know <clears throat> for me it was going from um, sitting on my couch essentially to getting on the radio. You know that opportunity was put in front of me, but it was absolutely terrifying, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, that thought in the back of your head <clears throat> that like you don't hear what other people hear in you, and that you won't measure up. And you'll get out there and you make a fool of yourself. Did you experience that going from beating on the drums, learning how to play drums to to touring? And I think it, around that time you toured with Faith. Yeah, I played I play with Faith the first album or two. So I mean, that, <laughs> you say yeah. that like a small thing, you know what I mean? But well, like well, experiencing you, any of those those types of feelings. Well, if the stomping ground was the church, right? The stomping ground was like. Um, down here, they had like, um, what's, what's where did Lil John and them used to hit at? What's that? What's, what was the spot? It was Kaya, and it was this other spot. To my that was uh, like Yin Yang Cafe. Yin Yang, that Yin Yang. Yeah. Okay, in New York, there's a spot called Wilson's that was the New York version of Yin Yang. All the way out, like Mary J. Blige, Carl Thomas, all these people got discovered there the same way. India Irie and yeah. Donnie and all of them. It's the same thing in New York. So I came through that. Okay. So I came through having to rip and having to play and having to be good to get gigs. And you know what I'm saying? And in church, it was the same thing, like dangerous ass musicians that was just crazy with it. So you had to like really practice and be, I was, I was practicing like eight hours a day. Seriously. Yeah. I did that for like a year and then I started gigging. So my confidence for the, for I knew I could play at that point. It was not going on tour. It was just bananas. Like we was just ripping. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I broke at least five pairs of sticks every time we did face set because we was digging in. Like that whole, uh, I remember the, used to love me and all that. Mm-hmm. The way we was pocketing that, I was breaking sticks all night yeah. digging into that. You know, so it's just kind of like a New York gritty kind of aggressive. The church scene is like that from the musician side. So by the time you get to the road, your crew is an animal. Y'all, re- y'all ready to do anything with it? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I know I'm jumping around because you said like, so when you you were talking about practicing eight hours a day, right? Mm-hmm. It made me think of this 
this uh, Dipset Locks versus. Right. <laughs> look at the locks and tell that them dudes had been rehearsing. They had been practicing. They had been going over and over and over. Uh, and you could tell Dipset didn't. Like, mm-hmm. did, you, did you get a chance to see it? Like, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you could tell they're friends. You could tell that there's a, you know, like I, I use Daylaws as, as that example. They still know each other. You know, they're like cousins. Mm-hmm. They're not like just friends off the block. Like there's this real family vibration there. So the same way you would know your cousin, like, oh, he about to do this. I know when he's in this mood, he going to do. Like, you know what somebody's going to do on stage. You just know how to read them. And you and you and you can hone in quicker on when when it's rusty. Like yo, we need to run this down again. Like we losing the feel for how that used to go. You could see it. Them you do- could see it. It was it was they was there for it because they they wanted to represent for the city. It was that kind of a moment. Yeah. And I- it was it was that kind of a moment because the moments have been far in between when it comes to New York being the mecca of that. So it's like this moment, we can't waste this moment at all. Like not right. one bit. Yeah. And they took they took it very serious. They were there yeah. to they were there to perform. They were there to put on a put on a great show. And they they accomplished that. And I mean, not for nothing, I mean I they were home. They were they were taught by the best of how to do shows and stuff. I, I don't know Exactly. I don't know exactly. Not taking anything away from, from Dipset and how their shows have been in the past, but that moment that night was not their best. Yeah, you know. So what I'm yeah. I, plus I, it's the garden, fellas. You got to understand. On top of that, New York, New York City, and and the emotions behind the garden, like yo. that's that's like the peak of performance. We got to rock at Madison Square Garden. It's every MC's wet dream. And period. And not only that, like I mean. It's, the garden is historic in its own in its own right, but mm-hmm. if you pay attention to the room, that's the same room where the Source Awards took place. You know all these yeah. infamous you know uh, uh, moments in history where, where Shug took a shot at Diddy and all these different things that happened at the garden. That's the same. It was the same room at the garden mm-hmm. where they were performing. It was it was a yeah. lot there. So this goes down as another big moment in the garden. Of course. Yeah, that's like being a, that's like being in the studio where Led Zeppelin did all their albums at. You mm-hmm. don't know, think there's some funk in that suit? Right. You know what I mean? It's in the walls. It's yeah. in the the wallpaper. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of Daylight, one uh, two part question. One, like to know how did you know coming to work with Daylight? How did that begin? And two, what like your thoughts on on now? Like just recently. They, after fighting and fighting and fighting, they got the rights to their their catalogs. Um, how did you link up with them, and how does them getting their catalogs? How does that affect you now? Um, I met them like well, it was back to that 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 moment where Fife was playing my music, and I think I think Dave thought it was was JD. He thought it was JD at first, some of it. And then he heard another component in the music. He was like, nah, that's not Jay, but whoever that is, like, and then Fife was like, oh, that's Dave West. You know what I mean? And then he called me. So when he called me, it was like, yo, we got these sessions set up, come down to the stool. And that's when we met. Dude. That's when we met. What album, and, was that? Um, what album was that for them? 
Um, that was probably, that was probably artificial intelligence. Okay. Yeah. You know, those first two was artificial intelligence and bionics. So it was definitely a mosaic thump, I believe. And, um, you know what I'm saying? After that, I guess what the question you were asking is like their freedom it's like you don't, you have to understand I have been in the seat with them since late 90, 90, 98. you know mm-hmm. so that's a lot of years of experiences, a lot of private jokes to share, turmoil, um, us knowing each other's real business, talking each other off the of ledges like I'm literally a part of that crew a certain way, you know what I mean I'm not just. Uh, I'm not just a work for hire producer per se, you know, I'm like we're real friends, right? you know? And, um, so seeing them win in this way, you know, what would think of, think about the integrity and the grit. You guys know what grit is, right? Like the, yeah. Yeah. the yeah. grit thing is like your grandfather built this knowing he's not going to live to see it. He's building it for the next couple generations. Right. right. Grit the ability to see it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Imagine knowing that you're not going to see a certain amount of bread off of these records and you still make the commitment in your heart and spirit and to God to make this bomb-ass hip-hop music. Mm. Knowing that that's the publishing situation, that's the, 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 master, the master situation, and you're going to have to hustle this out on the road. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what was happening. Like we was making these records with them knowing that that's what the case was and never stopped their spirit and never stopped their drive and never stopped the hot shit, knowing what records to pick, how to mix them, the whole grind all the way through. It never stopped. None of that. They was working like they had a million dollars a record. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So they knew. knew, Y'all knew as you were doing the records like this is, you know, I didn't. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't know that part of it. As far as what? What you just said, like, like, the, like as as yeah, you were part. making the music, you understood mm-hmm. what was happening on the back end of it. That wasn't was it going to really play out in your favor just yet? Yeah, it, for them, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it, it wasn't going to be the, the best situation until what happened just happened. You know what I'm so saying? A lot of those deals. You have to like the label takes a certain percentage of, of your publishing mm-hmm. for the deal. So they, mm-hmm. you know, when they signed the deal, they they kind of knew that going in, or or maybe they didn't. I don't know. Uh, but to feel it and see it come full circle, to start there and then what last week? Yeah, to, amazing. To finally get it to finally get the rights to your stuff. Yeah. Right. Like your emotions, your thoughts, your music, your creativity to get the mm-hmm. rights back. That had to be, that had to feel amazing. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, and none of that, and that stuff has never been streamed. It's never been online. It's never been anywhere. Right. This is like, this is the, the equivalent of dropping five albums at the same time. <laughs> and they all go gold at the same time. Wow. That's what's going to happen when it hits this, when it hits this world, yeah, like the fans are going to eat that up. Oh man, I can't wait! I like me and Mike have talked about this before. I remember some years ago, and one one I am a huge De La fan. I mean, that's 
the era of my youth. When as a teenager, I grew up in in Brooklyn. I was always a fan of, of Daylight, right? And so, some years ago, I think it was probably like 2014, or whatever. I saw something. They, they put something out like they were giving away their catalog if you joined their uh, e- email list or whatever. So I submitted that yeah. real quick and, and got the entire catalog. Then I started seeing the you know the campaign to get their catalog back to 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 have the rights to so it will go online and every all these places. And you know, watching every every update that they put out. On on social media, of uh, the the negotiations didn't go so. We got a meeting today. We're gonna see how it goes. Oh, uh, it didn't go so good. We still we still fighting it. Oh, we're gonna be on um, what's the cartoon? Um, 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 Teen Titans Go. Teen Titans Go. I watched that. I saved that episode. Like, and then and then finally to say, yo, they got their stuff. I was, I'm just as happy for them. So it was really cool to see this happen for them. It's amazing, bro. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's a, it's a it's a moment made for a real artist. It's a triumph. We've heard enough nightmare stories. It's a triumphant one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even in the middle of the adversity, just to find the strength to keep going and then to win is incredible. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Do we and so de- and so deserved? You know what I'm saying? Do you believe that it that it is? like a, a marking point, like the bar has been raised. Do you think it, it is uh, the moment for other people who've been essentially jerked around to now try and, and you know, is do we think the outcome will be different for other people because it was different for Daylight? It was different for Chappelle, right? I, I'm sure yeah. that has something right, to do right. with it because it's, it's a moment in time yeah. where wrongs are being righted and and the scales of justice are starting to come to the middle. Of course. Yeah, I, I honestly believe in what you're saying. And it is. And the world is making a statement like the universe itself. Like we just lost DMX, Bismarck and Shock G. Yeah. Just right now. And like e- not even ecstasy. Yeah, I'm just saying like immediately when I yeah. rattle off five names or mm-hmm. four names. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So that means that some of that is take care of your OG. Some of that is, you know, the deals that they had, you know, those deals that they they had, you know, back in the day. I ain't going to mention no labels, but <laughs> you know, the kind of situations they might have been in. Right. It's like, yes, the awareness is up for sticking together, um, holding your integrity tight, not breaking up rectifying situations and working through it with grace and style. You know what I mean? Dayla's a poster child for all of that. Breaking up. What does that mean? Like we we've been friends since 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 before high school. Like you know what I'm saying? Like there is no breaking up. Right, right. If we break up, I'm gonna run into you in the in the neighborhood anyway. Like we're not breaking up. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So people sticking together like that, like that energy that you, that we saw with the locks. It has to just, you know, it's a big statement being made and in hip hop, like original hip hop, like G code hip hop, you know, I call it, I don't want to call it old school and all of that. I'm calling it original. Yeah. You know, B boy hip hop is a lot of statements being made, you know? Yeah. I call it true school. You know what I mean? I, I like to call it true, yeah. true school, but now I feel you. I feel you on that. It's, you know, there's, 
there's definitely an art to it, and it's, I, I think to a certain degree, lost. And I hate to, you know, get into this conversation to sound like the old man. You know, back in my day, this, I, I understand that some of the music these days, you know what I'm saying, is not for us. It's not for me. I can understand why the kids, I have I have two grown children. I have two, two grown sons that are in their 20s. And I completely understand how they, um, why they dig the music they do. Let me let Mike back in. I don't know what happened to him. I completely get it, and I also understand that you know some of the stuff that that's out right now is not for me. But and, but I understand the appeal. But ev- but but even with that, I, I've said it. I've, I mean, our parents felt like felt like a tribe called Quest fuck jazz up. You remember mm, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I had people, I had older people who were just like, "What did they do to the jazz music? What's that, man?" You know what I mean? Yeah, I think you know what's totally funny. Not- you know what's funny? I, my my mom, she Motown was her era, right? Motown was her era, and so I I I think because of that, and she was so young when she had me, um, she slightly identified and understood the music I was listening to, so to a certain degree, mm-hmm. um, because you know at that time, you know, the Motown, the James Brown, those was the, that that was being sampled and reused and repurposed in hip hop. Um right. And so and so now I, I guess it's it's our turn. So I'm I'm hearing stuff from from the two thousands and nineties being sampled and reused. I, I heard a PD Pablo record sampled. I'm like, it's too soon in my opinion. Wow. I guess you know that's what I mean? Crazy. Yeah, but that's it's it's about right because that's at, at least what, fifteen plus years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, like people have the nerve to sample Outkast records and all all of that, you know. Yeah, like it's nothing. Yeah. I do love below. My heart is still attached to that. You right. know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That album. I know. Okay. 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 No, I'm just saying, like you can't sample that yet. See, but uh, again, to the point, I, I, our parents and grandparents felt the same way about their eras of music. You know the Motown and the jazz music, guys. To your point, um, so what's what? Who is there? Anybody that you, you you've been listening to now that you you know that you dig or you know what I'm saying impressed by? Um, <clears throat> or that you would want to work with? I really like Drake's musicality for the for the for the Ron thing, like. He's hearing the same, it, like him and his producer are hearing colors in a very special fashion. Mm-hmm. And it's a testament to how many hits they've cranked out. They just don't miss. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I like the musicality of that. I like um, Travis Scott's stuff is mixed immaculately. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. have you ever heard the mixes in, on some of his records? Yeah. They're like worlds. They're like really mixed well, and the production overall is really good, real quality. Um, I like Playboy Cardi because the beat, the trap of the beat is a certain style. It's just like, it's kind of like that loop thing. It's a loop, it's a hip hop thing with his shit. Mm-hmm. And um, so I like Playboy Cardi, you know? Um, but other than that, I'm listening to like Unknown Mortal Orchestra. I'm listening to a bunch of stuff. You know what I mean? I'm listening to. Um, 
you know, classical renditions, you know, it's a series I've been watching on YouTube. It's just like eight musicians and they're playing like this, like this performance, classical performance art mm-hmm. type of thing. It's like really interesting. <laughs> sonically, son- sonically like tantalizing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, it kind of goes from there back into the art of noise and, you know, that whole digi pop, you know, you know, back to all the way back around to, um, to, um, to BAM and all of that, you know, Soul Sonic 4. So I'm just, it kind of keeps me revolving around in this thing, you know, like the, like the, the, the beat from Soul Sonic Force is really the same thing that Jermaine Dupri and them was doing. It's the same thing that Miami bass is doing. Right. Same. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like just studying the textures of how these all still play out. You know what I mean? How techno, Detroit techno and Chicago house is really EDM. You know what I'm saying? Like it's Absolutely. A, yeah. So it just I, it just has me in a constant place of studying and not being really opinionated to the point where I cancel myself out of the beauty of what music is supposed to do. It just made me look because I have a 22 year old as well. So it made me look into like, why does she like this music? Let me not fight it. Right. Let me see what it is that's good to, to her. She's getting a vibration from somewhere. And um, once I started doing that, I wasn't so critical about certain things, certain things I just don't like, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you one of the, one of the proudest moments I, I noticed I have. So I have a, a 22, a 24 and a four year old. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, man. <laughs> Whoa. Caller. Hold on, caller. Yeah, man. And one of the coolest things, so my four-year-old listens to whatever I listen to, but he gets into it. See, one of his favorite records right now is um, Don't Sweat the Techniques. We, we, he'll ask for that in the car. We'll be riding and tie here, be like, yeah, yeah play Don't Sweat the Techniques. I'll play that. But one of the proudest moments is to hear my my my, my two 20-year-olds, 20-plus-year-olds, 20 playing music that I listened to growing up and really be into it. Like they like all the new shit now, but then I see them vibing to tribe. I see them vibing. You know what I'm saying? That's like, oh, and this is like unprompted because they heard me playing it. They see I'm, uh, as a DJ, they see me playing it. They see me, you know, when I do my old school sets and stuff like that. And then they I've been exposed to it, you know, within within the video games and the movies and all the different things. And to see them vibing out to it on their own, it's like, wow. Have you had yeah. a moment? Have you had a moment like that? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, I'm trying to remember the record right now. I think it was, what record was that? My daughter went eight shit over Brooklyn zoo. Word. (laughs) Like eight, like real. I was like, okay, now this is such and such. This is hip hop music. I'm going to give you a couple of different examples. Is extreme to this. So I'm playing her tribe. I'm playing her a bunch of stuff. I was like, now some of this is so hard. It's going to make, even though this is considered right now still underground classics, this level of hard is going to make that sound almost like pop music, right? <laughs> so, so understand the grunge I'm about to let you hear. I threw on that boom, 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 boom. And that beat hit, she was like, Woo-hoo! she went crazy. <laughs> and it sends me videos of her and her mom 
you know, in the car, banging, banging, shame on you, will you step? They cursing in the whole shit. Like, <laughs> well but done. Then, but then she's a total Drake fan. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Like a total Drake head, like for real. Yeah. Not for nothing. Drake has been, at this point, he's been in the game, he's popping over over 10 years now. Over 10 years, Drake is, yeah. He's, Drake he's is about to break head. every record in New He is, man. He's about to break them all. Yeah. R. Kelly was on his way, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so he slipped now, into now some Now he's going to be a solitary confinement. He's on the, he's on his prison tour right now, so you know. Yeah, you know he's he's, he's touring the orange suit tour. Exactly. But it's like it's what it is. Like <laughs> like 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 Drake is just one of them dudes that, that is the standard for a lot of different. You, you know what I'm saying? Because Wayne was that goat. Remember when Wayne was doing that campaign where he was he was on that run on everybody's record, like doing verses. Yeah. And then he was gracious enough to bring Drake into like. The, the 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 people's eyesight to let them see like yo this is the young and under me too it's the one writing some of this mm-hmm. he like really let him have the platform you know what I'm saying yeah no but it's a there's a beauty in that people don't usually do that they want to just they don't see the future like like Wayne had to see a bit of the future to know like yo I'm giving birth to something and then I'm gonna have to step away because he's really gonna take this shit over you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. And I have, and I can't be intimidated by that. I just got to be who I am. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, I think what I do remember you think about Wayne selling his catalog. I think he sold his catalog about- for what, sixty million or something like that, six hundred million something. I can't remember the price, but he sold his catalog last well, year. Well, this is what I'm saying. A lot of people, I've had, I've had somebody tell me never do a publishing deal, right? Then I had the same person tell me. Unless it's life changing numbers, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Okay, so if you see yourself on your way out of the game, or somewhere in a retirement mode, mm-hmm. which I think Wayne is in. If I could, I'm not saying that he stopped, but he's definitely slowed right. down. He's trying to get to a quality of life. He's trying to probably be more healthy reconnect with the family whatever was lost is being found in this moment right so yeah what am i do? what am i do i got like i'm 50 right now i'm 49 right now i got what maybe uh, hopefully another 35 40 40 joints in the world hopefully right look at where he's at like 60 million give me that are you serious <laughs> 60 million give me that no I, it was it the, the number was actually a hundred million he sold it to universal music group for a hundred million oh, sure. give me that and and he probably gets and what what's real about that is he's probably getting a, a, a small percentage of residual on licensing i'm sure he is yeah that's you the only way to be, make sense right you can't beat that if he, yeah. if, if he stops making music if he stops touring and he sells his catalog, like he's got to have some some income, right? I, I know you stack the money; the money makes money for you. But living the lifestyle that he's lived for as long as he's lived it, mm-hmm. he he's got to have money coming in, or he's got to downgrade his lifestyle a step. I think he's. So, I think I think he probably would be in a space where 
when you do something like that, you know you're going into a whole nother mode. Like God just has you in a whole nother place. Because you don't even know the energy behind selling that catalog, what it's really about either. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I sold a whole record collection because there was a lot of pain behind those records. Mm. Like I was Mm. flipping them records in some very dark places. You like mentally. And I needed a change. And I sold the whole record collection and started all over again. Wow. I don't care if I got doubles of it. I don't care. I just need all of this out of the crib. And so... And then that was just like crazy records like Zoo and all of these crazy like $100 records, right? But, you know, I didn't sell my machine. You know what I'm saying? I still got my original 2000 in the closet. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you don't know what, what energy came with him selling that catalog. You know what I'm saying? Like spiritually what he was getting off of his chest a little bit. Yeah. Plus, I can feel you, that. Plus, yeah, Wayne was the SB original. 12. Wayne was yeah. the original Nick Cannon. He was having mad kids at the time. So who knows? It might have been. It might have been a little motivation to go. You know what? Yeah, I can let this go for hundred. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, that's that's life change. Those are numbers. That's numbers. It's just like a hundred million. Man, I gotta do that one. I can't even After see those taxes, numbers. You're looking at what? You're looking at what? Fifty five, sixty. Uh, of actual liquid after taxes, liquid that's the key, right? That's liquid money. for 60 million is a retarded liquidity. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like this liquidity. <laughs> that is retard. That's like the dumbest kind of number to have sitting in any bank. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you're counting on remind you, you know, you have 60 million in the bank, right? Like, yeah, they did the deal. <laughs> they were like, oh yeah, I ain't got to do this other shit. Okay, you're right. Let me just- <laughs> yeah, I actually can do that mm-hmm. on a private island by myself. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> what that's, how it, that's how it goes. Normally, nah, don't sell nothing because you never know like how technology changed. Like nobody, the Motown ever, they didn't see that. They didn't see the streaming and all that coming. No. If they would have held on, to, if those family members had got passed down some of that publisher, whole generations of people's lives would be changed right now. You're right. Because it's still be coming into the family trust. You know what I'm saying? So rule of thumb, like, music, nah, I don't... Right. Right. I mean, it's whole radio stations built off of just that music. Oh, just really? that music. Nothing else. Yeah. Just that music. That's a guarantee. Damn, they guarantee you know, spin cycle every year. You can, you can bet, guarantee that money. So it's like, you know, rule of thumb, no, nah, I don't sell anything. If it's the right number and you're in the right place with it, you know, where you've seen money, you've spent money, you wasted money. And I think Wayne is at a place where he's mature enough to have 60 million. Some people ain't even ready for, for a half a million. No. Talk no to- I, hey, look, if they drop a half a million off on me, 200,000 of it would be just blown. <laughs> Y'all would be slapping me on the back of the head. Nigga, you bought what? <laughs> a half a million. A half a million. My, my wife would tie me in the house because she knew I would be going to the strip club for at least one day. For one day. And she can't afford me to, to go that one day. Because that one day, it may all be <laughs> gone. Everybody. Right, everybody. <laughs> everybody. Strawberry, come on. You too. Like, what is going on? 
what is this gelato shit from Italy about, Dave? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so, I love it, though. I can't stop eating it. <laughs> <laughs> I got a hundred million. I'm going to eat it. You know what I'm saying? Like, niggas go crazy over bread. You know what I'm saying? Shit. Yeah. You think a nigga that love Popeyes now ain't go dive off the, out the window if he get a million? Thinking Popeyes every five minutes. <laughs> just, just give me the shot. This, this, he got a cholesterol shot, right? Okay, I'm just, just I'm, be ready. I'm for saying. It. I'm saying. <laughs> I emailed my order in. <laughs> <laughs>